Hi guys! So this is our pilot episode and I'm super excited for you guys to hear. It's very close to my heart because I will be talking to my husband about our family, multicultural families and what goes down in our household. Um, I thought there is no better person for me to have as my first guest than the biggest supporter of this village. It felt right, it felt familiar, and I loved it. I hope you guys love it too. Oh, and spoiler alert, I didn't actually know who Louis Armstrong was. I had to Google it. He's a musician, guys. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Ridge, and this is It Takes a Village. So, today we'll be chatting about... um, multicultural families and I'm going to be talking to a very wise man who decided to marry me. Um, If you guys don't know I'm actually Brazilian and I've been living here in Australia for just about 10 years. Um, So yeah let's have a chat with Chris. Hey hon. Hey honey how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I have no problems. Um so just to set the tone, um, usually with my guests, I'll go and pick up a nice coffee, whatever they like. What happened to you? Well, I think I sort of pass for a little bit more than coffee, maybe. I get to have a bit of a ching-ching. And then I got you to, instead of going and picking up picking up a coffee for you, what did I make you do? You made me get a bottle of wine. That's it. Gee, does it make you feel... Uh, discriminated? Not discriminated, maybe I'm special. You are special. Um, I had my coffee today in the morning before I start my errands and I went to the Three Pence Coffee Cafe. Um, got my usual skinny latte. What is your usual one, hun? Skinny cat, one sugar. Why is it now a skinny cat? I think maybe because I'm getting a little bit older. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because you used to um, ask for just a cappuccino and then complain that you feel bloated and you didn't feel good. And then um, I got you into the skinny coffee life. I didn't know that we were going to talk about my bowel movements in this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, my coffee was delicious this morning. Um, but gave me a little biscotti with it and it was so good. It was nice and crunchy, mm. but like it didn't feel like I was going to break my teeth when I ate it. Nice. It was cinnamony. You should, you should try it. I'll, I'll hook you up with Bart. Let me know. I always love free coffee. Okay. Okay. So let's hear about a little bit about you and your background. So what's your family? Tell us what's your family background and, you know, sort of how you grew up well both my parents um are what we would like to call 10 pound poms so they came over in the 70s when they were teenagers so they are both my one mum's from england dad's from wales very english background but my family um well i'd like to think it was a balanced lifestyle but uh i did have a my parents did get divorced quite early and so I did live a split family lifestyle. How old were you when they got uh, divorced or separated? Uh, they separated in 89, so I was four years old. 
when they actually split from each other. So I was very early, I was very accustomed to two households, sort of spending my time, my, my weekends between my families, I guess. The same happened to me. I'm not sure um, what year my parents got divorced, but it was quite early on as well. I don't even remember them together. Do you have memories of your parents together? Uh, I do, but it probably it was probably more when they were making an effort to be around each other and be around the family. Yeah. Uh, one of my early memories is when my dad brought home a dog, which he would bring home random things all the time. But um, I do remember the dog running between all of us out in the backyard, and that was quite an early memory. But I can't, you know, I can't remember how old I was at the time. Four or five, something like that. Um, I don't have any memories of my parents together. But a really good thing that did happen with my uh, parents at the divorce, they stayed friends. So we always had, uh, they always had a close relationship and then we always, we were always around both of them. So birthdays, you know, even Christmas and up to this day, you know, dad will come over from Brazil and we'll have mum, dad, stepmom and it's, um, I think it was very important for the way we we're raising the way we grew up and now the way that I guess my brother and I see you know how you can make it work I guess um your parents weren't that close not so amicable no. yeah so um, like I mean obviously they you know they can stay in a room the same uh time they, they were in our wedding and everything but um you didn't have Christmas together no no it was always split I I always remember things like Christmas as being a, a, a chore of figuring out whose house I would be at when. So it was always two houses, um, two events. But no, that, yeah, my upbringing, because my parents were separated, was obviously very different to that. My parents never were that close together after that point. But obviously as they've matured and got older, um, like at our wedding, for example, yeah, they've been there in the same room and it's it's fine and you know you talk to my mum now and she has no problem with my dad yeah everybody's moved on yeah so. um and so then let's fast forward a little bit so you grew up at with your mum mainly she was you know your you didn't have a 50 50 split did you no it was um yeah it was mostly my mum so she was uh single parent for a few years quite a few years mm-hmm. um and i used to go see my dad every second weekend something to that effect so your dad also worked up north yeah but it wasn't a, wasn't at that time no oh, but, okay uh, but he always worked very hard so he would always have one day job and he would have a, a weekend job or a night job as well yeah um so even later if you fast forward later on when i was going to my dad quite a bit and my dad was with my stepmom at the time, I would go and spend my weekend with him, but he would work Friday nights at that day and then Sunday morning as well. So a good portion of my time was actually with my stepmom, not necessarily my dad. Yeah. So it's, it's a fair uh, call to say, not for, you know, your dad's fault. He was obviously working really hard to help you guys, but then um, you didn't spend that much time with your dad, especially no, no. when you were younger. Yeah, definitely, you're right. Um, and then later on, he was working up in the mines. Um, so, no, I don't necessarily... And also, your mum was a full-time... Worked full-time, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She was... Um, up until she met my stepdad, she was uh, manager of a furniture store. 
So she, you know, she was working a nine to five job and me and my brother would walk to school by ourselves and walk home from school by ourselves and look after ourselves at home as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't really have that much choice, did you? So you didn't, so you didn't have anyone looking after you. You were just, um, obviously after a certain age. Yeah, up to a certain age, I guess. But I know, you know, my, my nana, she used to come to the house and look after us from time to time, I guess, when we were younger. But my memories are of, um, I get my mum was probably there in the morning, but my memory is me and my brother going to school by ourselves, coming home, one of us was always entrusted with the key, and yeah, we were home for a good couple of hours by yeah. ourselves till mum got there. Yeah, um, my mum was also um, would work full time, and we would spend same as you, um, you know, most time with mum, and then every second weekend with dad. But um, back at home, we would have someone in the house that would, you know, mm. look after us, look after the house. And mum had this, um, I guess, advantage of, you know, being able to go to work and know that, you know, there was someone in the house looking after us. Um, anyway, so when I said fast forward, I got a bit sidetracked. I wanted to sort of go to, so, okay, so then you, you know, are about 20, 21, I think. Mm. And then you meet me. Yes, I met what this happened? stunning girl. Oh. Well, it depends on how far you want to go with the story. But um, I well, So originally it was me. I used to work at the hotel mm-hmm. in Frio. And I was unofficially the, the, the night guy. I used to do most of the shifts. We used to work concierge, porter, carry bags, drive cars. Um, and then all of a sudden we get this, this new girl coming to work for us and I didn't see her for a couple of weeks because she was on the opposing shift, but all I knew, everybody was just talking about the Brazilian girl, (laughs) uh, particularly was my brother, um, who was, uh, the the two I see, (laughs) um, but he told me that she was amazing. Uh, eventually I was told that I was going to train her on how to do my shift and, Okay, no dramas. I didn't feel that crash hot about this girl because she was taking away my work <laughs> and I was losing hours of money because of it. Um, but my feelings quickly changed when I started working the same shift as her and training her. And, um, well, I'd say the rest is history, but I don't think that's what you want to hear out of me. Um, <laughs> you want to hear the so, story. No, it's just um, obviously I come in, this girl coming from Brazil, and I know... It, did take us a few months to actually get together and you had your doubts and I had mine. I Mm -hmm. mean, we liked it. We obviously liked each other from very early on, but we did take a while to actually, you know, well, you took, took a while to make a move, I guess. Yeah, be honest, it was me. That's what you want to say. So why was that? Why, what was your concerns? Um, okay. So Brazilian girl just coming in, she's not going to, was it she's not going to get hang around for too long? Because I'm always only here for like a you know a certain oh, oh, amount was of time. Near, was it what was it? That was nowhere near my thoughts. If if you ask me that sort of question now, I'd probably think something like that. But at that time, I was twenty twenty one. I didn't care. I liked you. Yeah. Um, my problem was that at that point in my life, I was very driven to work constantly. Um, I had. Uh, two jobs in a little side business that I was doing as well. And I was working six or seven days a week, 
quite a few hours a week and I liked the money and all that sort of stuff and I was afraid of change and the thing I, I don't know what it was I was just more afraid that if something were to happen with you that it would change my lifestyle um funnily enough though uh I, I don't know I I don't know why I wouldn't want to change that um I was that interested in you but I just wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't willing to change. And I guess you know me, I'm not that into change as it is uh, normally. But uh, one thing led to another, the good old staff Christmas party, hey? <laughs> we can keep that one off the record. Um, so then eventually you decide to make a move, we get together, mm-hmm. and then very early on things, you know, it's clear that... You know, we really like each other and we want to keep going. Well, we I were, have to. We were with each other like seven days a week from yeah, the get go. Yeah, we, we worked together. together and then because so. you lived really far from the hotel and I lived walking distance from mm. the hotel, then you started staying over, staying over for like six days. I made you go back home once once a week. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you staying over for like six days. So we were like having a married life even more because we were working together as well. It was was crazy. It but, was 24 hours, yeah. I mean, I never had that sort of relationship with anyone and like, you know, was able to every single day spend that much time with someone and one more. So eventually we said we had to have a test because I had to go back home. Yep. Um, I was, you know, I had just had uh, a time visa. off time off of uni so i needed to go back and finish uni and also my visa was only for a year so then we had to have a talk and i kind of went well i don't want to do long distance relationship so either i stay which is not a possibility because i you know i need to finish uni and it's very expensive here in australia um or you come with me or we break up and then you decide to come for yeah. someone that wasn't really keen to change, mm-hmm. you jump right in. And then we were like telling my family back home, you know, I'm bringing this guy back home. And the family was like, <laughs> oh my God, is she pregnant? How What's it, happening? I'll reverse the interview. How'd your grandma feel about that? What'd she think when uh, you were coming home with a boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she literally asked my mum if I was pregnant. <laughs> um, anyway, so then you... You are completely immersed in this new culture. You don't speak the language. You, you know, 100% rely on me to, um, you know, to get around. And, um, you know, we're living at my mom's house. Your brother in the next room. My brother in the next room. My brother is also not a big fan of change, so it took him a little while to get used to. It's fair to say that me and your brother took a... Uh, we had a, a slow start to relationship. Yeah. Um, it, it's nothing uh, on the negative, uh, but I would be ha- very happy to say that me and your brother are very good now. Yeah, but it, it did take a while for a him to burn. warm up to you. Yeah. This guy, just random guy from Australia coming oh, to I live I would be the same house. too. Jeez. <laughs> I, I'm gonna point, I want to say just at this point that you you gave me a kick in the butt in my life, I feel. And I had to make a very quick decision, and it was a very drastic decision, obviously, to go to Brazil. Um, but, and I suppose this is where it's going, but I feel 
like it was a massive thing for me to do that and I'm amazed at everything that it brought after. Yeah, I mean, it was very courageous of you. Um, you didn't know much about Brazil at all. You probably only <laughs> knew about like soccer and carnival. Yeah, well, I remember having a conversation and... <laughs> with you and I couldn't believe that you knew who Crowded House were. I thought yeah. Crowded House is this band from Australia, New Zealand probably, but uh-huh. you knew who they were and I said, how? And you said, yeah. well, I didn't grow up and in I, rem- I Well, I remember even worse than that, I remember saying something about, something I learned at school. I think it was something to do with... Um, biology and i and I, i can't remember exactly what was the fact but i do remember um, i told you a fact and you were like how do you even know that i was like i went to school i don't live in a jungle <laughs> so that really showed me that you had no clue or where i came from and then you were there you you bought your ticket you got a loan uh, did you sell your car No, I would not give up my car. My dad looked after my <laughs> But you my got, car. yeah, so you took a I, loan. I took and out then, a loan. I had to trick the people to let me borrow the money. Yeah. Um, and then you were in Brazil and then it was my world. Um, I guess when we started going out and dating, I didn't, probably didn't have as much contact with your family just because we were working and busy you know falling in love and doing you know things that new couples do together we travel a little bit you had never left the country first time you left the country was because of me because we went i had booked a ticket to bali and then you went and bought yourself and i had self i just invited myself yeah um (laughs) which amazed me you never left the country i just Remember who my dad is. My dad is 57 and has not left the country. Well, (laughs) he did come here, obviously, as I said before, but he's never left the country since, remember. Doesn't even have a passport. Um, yeah, so then you were there. Um, yeah, so what I was saying is that that, um, I didn't have that much contact with your family to kind of know what was the dynamics of your family or how, you know, how you guys when about things so then you come to my family into my world and yeah it, was it like what was was it a shock how what happened how did you feel like the first few weeks to say that i was a deer in a headlight is an understatement I, it was a big shock i mean there are so many different things uh, I, i would sit there and compare the way you guys drive a car to the the, the how the quality of life over there, how people are, obviously there's a, there's a degree of um, poverty and things like that. I had to get used to that because I'd never seen those sorts of things in Brazil. So I was uh, constantly seeing different things. Uh, and at the same same time, I was being amazed at how, how similar things could be, obviously. And this is how close, closed my eyes were to things being different in the world. Um, but I guess... I, the main gist of it that we're talking about is the family. Um, it was very, very hard to come over. I, I remember walking out of the uh, arrivals at the airport and you had lot, you had a, a carnival in itself there waiting for you. There was maybe 20 or 30 people there <laughs> screaming. We were picking up our bags off the, off the, the, the baggage receipt thing. And they were screaming from outside behind the glass. I could see them. I was going, what the hell have I got myself into? Um, And obviously not speaking the language, it was very uh, tough. But 
your brother and your dad um, obviously spoke English and your cousin uh, as well. And so whenever there was a family get-together or something to that effect, um, I was very much just with them or playing with your godson. Um, I had a very good relationship with your godson because he didn't speak much either. (laughs) (laughs) He was... um... Was it six months when we got there? I think so, yeah. I think it was about six months when we got there, yeah. <laughs> Loved you. Yeah. He would ask for you. when Once you left for a while, or when you came back to Australia, he would ask for you. He'd point the computer, wouldn't he? Sky- yeah, at the time it was <laughs> Skype, yeah. Um, I do have a funny story. Um, so about, so we, we, what month did we come back? September, 2007. And then... Um, before all of this kind of happened, my dad was planning a U.S. trip, like our last sort of family, because, you know, my brother and I were grown up. So it was the last family trip he was planning. It was his, his at the time, his wife, him, me and my brother going to the U.S. And it just happened to be the time of my birthday, which is November. So from September to November, you had me. And then I was away for ten for ten days, and I left you by yourself with my mum, who didn't speak a word of English. We had one friend um, that spoke English, and we also had someone in the house that would help us to look after the house, and and she wouldn't speak a word of English, Um, and she had a really strong accent because in Brazil, such a big country. Um, with, you know, different, um, different countries regions. that colonized, you know, different regions. So the accents can be very, very different Different if you go north or south. She was from top north, so she, her accent was really, really strong. You were studying Portuguese, so you started yeah. studying Portuguese as well. This was the so basis of So you had, design, like, yeah. the book is on the table kind of idea. And, yeah, so... <laughs> So I could say hello. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that, but I think it was a good. I think it was a good thing. You. Oh, don't you get just me wrong. Hand, I mean, yeah, you just had to handle it, and you you did good. I'm proud of you. Oh, I do remember. I do remember some things there. I remember um, your mum was seeing somebody at the time. Um, I remember her going out with that person that night, and she was giving me some instructions on how to cook the dinner she had prepped for me and left. You know, put it in the <laughs> oven. And she she explained everything. She said, "Do this, and then do this, and do this, and do this." And I'm just going, "Uh huh." <laughs> I didn't know how to cook either, mind you. <laughs> so I thought, "Oh, I just I don't know." And the other thing was, um, I had to go out in your car. I think by myself. I took myself to the movies, driving on the other side of the car, on the other side of the road. Because in Brazil, we, we, we drive on the left side of the, yeah, of the road yeah. and the left side of the car. Yeah. So. I remember going out in the car and just freaking out. And that was a big task, though. A big task was for me to go... A challenge that I set myself was to go to the cinemas and ask for a ticket and uh, go and watch a movie by myself and then come home. And I, and I did that. So that was good. But it must have been me. I must have left the headlights on the car overnight because the next day, uh, the the housemaid, I guess you call her, um, Denise, she told me someone called her and told her that the, the, the lights were on the car and uh, I just remember going down to the car and she was trying to figure out how or why or what do we do and get a mechanic and I sit there going and I did not understand a single word she was saying <laughs> to try to fix the car and I, I have a general idea of cars but 
man, that was so hard. <laughs> I just You got through it, hon. You got through and that's what it matters. You got out of it yeah. a better man. Yeah. Anyway, so then um, what did you perceive? Because um, what we're talking about here is multicultural families and we're going to get to our kids and how we raise them. So, and it all starts, I guess, with how we've been uh, brought up by our family. So what was the big difference that you noticed between, you know, the relationships uh, you noticed in Brazil, friends and family, with what you had back here? What was weird and what was, uh, you know, what did you think, you know, did you realize you you were so different at the time? No, not at all. So, I mean, obviously I've grown up in what I put in what is my Normal. Family, my normal. Yeah. Um, and I have a, I have a very good family. You, you know that. I, I love my family. My, yeah. pa- my parents love me. Um, by nature, when my parents split, they both remarried, both had more kids. So we've got a, lots of brothers and sisters. Um, there's no lack of uh, love in my family. Oh, not at all. Uh, so, but when I went to Brazil, um, I... The description of family, the way your family is, the way um, it, there is more love. It's non-biased. Uh, it's uh, it's not it's not like they people try. It is just pure love that they give to anybody and everybody. Uh, you have a party, or you're having people over for lunch. Can I invite my cousin? Sure, invite your cousin. Can I invite my cousin's boyfriend? Is uh, sister sure can I invite the mum too sure and when they come over they're everybody's best friend mm-hmm. um, it is just uh, you were treated like from the get go you were treated like you know almost a son and part of the family weren't you I was the way I was received was amazing um, talk to your mum now uh, she says and I'm proud of this is that yeah. when as soon as I got on the plane to come over, she says that she gained a new son. Mm-hmm. So, because of the action that I did, but uh, it, it was a lot of work, obviously, yeah. in, in joining a family and that. But no, I just feel I was received so well. Your dad took care of me so well. Um, your mum let me live in her house and treated me so well and looked after me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it took a long time for me to realise this, and this is obviously as I'm... As I'm studying Portuguese over there, mm-hmm. it took about six months for the switch to flick before I actually really spoke, yeah. really spoke mm-hmm. and understood. And it, it must have been weird for your family to actually hear me talk, <laughs> I reckon. Um, it's funny how alcohol seemed to help me talk. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> a side note, I remember you with one of my best mates and he didn't speak, I think he speaks better now, but he didn't speak much English at the time. And at the time, you didn't speak much Portuguese at all. And we went to a bar there was live music, there was, you know, it was crowded and it was, and we were drinking mm. and you two would not stop talking. <laughs> you just like would <laughs> get each other. It was hilarious. His goal, and I don't know how, he was talking in English and I was talking in Portuguese, but we managed to communicate. Um, but uh, in the years since, uh, since I first got there, obviously, traveling backwards and forwards, um, we've traveled with your family a bit more. Uh, there are some key people who just looked after us. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, your mum, your dad, and very importantly, your aunt and your uncle, mm-hmm. and uh, your stepmum as well. They just 
throw love at you mm-hmm. and take care of you no matter what. There is not, there's nothing with a value that they wouldn't give you. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to say that I don't get that here, but um, it was when I got back from Brazil, because I, I lived there for a mm-hmm. year, um, and then we started our backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, we had three months apart and then two months together and then six months apart. Uh, but it was um, it was only when I got back that I really started to notice the difference, and I feel obviously we've gotten married and had our own kids, but I feel like uh, I've taken on some of those factors that that exist in that sort of family, mm-hmm. that love, that that life that you guys have over there, and we've now injected it into our family mm-hmm. here, but. It is different. To, it is different. I, I know, the I soul, think, let's say the soul of, of the family is different. Yeah, I think it's um, a lot about the demonstration. It's not, you know, obviously it's not to say there is more love there, but I think the Brazilians are very open about their feelings. So, you know, we are usually, the whole family gets together, you know, every weekend for lunch or for someone's birthday or for any excuse, any excuse, you know, these days, I, I can get any excuse to get people together. I love it. And, um, so I think it's, it's, we are used to demonstrating our feelings. So when we are at each other, we are at each other and then, you know, when we are showing the love, we really show the love. Yeah. And I think it's just really more about um, the way we demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have our kids. Was it like, um, did you actually have to, um, I don't know if you'd say make an effort, but did you actually have to, you know, that consciousness that, you wanted to um, absorb what you saw, uh, the way, you know, Brazilians show their emotions and, you know, the way that, um, you know, your family, if you saw it in several um, times, you know, my family, my mom, really, you know, sacrificing things that you know were important to her because she wanted to, you know, she wanted to make the best situation for us. Yeah. And, you know, that happened many times. Mum moved to Australia to give me the support system I needed. Um, she loves Australia, by the way, and I think she would ever go back to Brazil. But, you know, she did that. She did that sacrifice. So yeah. did you, do you, when we had the kids, did you have to actually conscious, consciously, how do you say it? Consciously. You guys are going to see me. Uh, pronouncing a lot of things wrong <laughs> I won't apologize for that um, you know to make that choice to raise our children that way where you know there is you know the demonstrations are always there or did it come naturally to you was it an effort no look I'll say that it was it would, I'll say it came naturally okay um, I think that my time in Brazil my time with your family but the years between me living there, us getting married, uh, and us, uh, you know, having our early years of marriage before we had kids, me learning Portuguese was just as equal as me learning, I guess, your way of living, your culture, your family essence. Um, and I, and let me be clear, I love your way of 
your soul of family, your Brazilian soul of family. Um, and so I wanted to absorb that and it, it hasn't come easy. I, I've obviously, I, I know that we've had, we had arguments, every, every fam, um, couple argues, yeah. um, 99.9% of the time I'm wrong. <laughs> um, and I get educated in those, in those discussions or, or whatnot. Um, but you have helped me form this sense of soul, family soul, I think, uh, that we have, and it's come. It's come. I hope it come. It's come naturally to me. I don't think I've had to make an effort to um, imitate the Brazilian yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. In saying that, I live in a house with yourself, mm-hmm. with our two kids, and your mum is very, very present here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no lack of of um, you guys. So you're of Bra- enough Brazilians in mm-hmm. the house to mm-hmm. to really show that. Uh, but you know those sorts of things. Those parts of Mm self-sacrifice and things like that i think that also goes hand in hand with having kids you you learn a lot being a parent uh i would sacrifice a limb if i had to for my kids Mm -hmm. i would sacrifice my life if i had to but yeah there is something there's an extra one percent there's that extra little bit more that comes from the brazilian way yeah uh and i think that has just formed naturally a part of how we are at home I think what really set the tone for how we were going to live our life as, uh, you know, a, a couple and, you know, starting our family was um, when we got married in here. So my family or part of my family came over for our wedding and they stayed at our house. So we were mm. new, newlyweds um, and we had, oh, how many was it, two, four? for about six six or seven people from my family coming to Brazil, being loud and, you know, getting into your face and our face and space. And then instead of having a honeymoon straight away, we took those guys around down south. Was it down south? Yeah, down south. Yeah, Margaret River. Um, So that kind of set set a tone of how your life was going to be from then on, isn't it? You know, yeah. we were <laughs> going to be alone. It was always going to yeah, be someone. Well, so our honeymoon was <laughs> literally the two of us plus seven members of our yeah. family. <laughs> well, as I said before, we've traveled quite a lot with your mum and your aunt and uncle and things like that. Um, so, yeah, we're always quite close-knit. Those guys are always in and amongst us. Oh, we, have to, we have to do the story of, of how we... You know, Sam? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe. Um, So basically, I had to have um, hormone induction to fall pregnant. And um, so, yeah, so basically a treatment. And it just happened that the right timing for my body was the same time as my family was again visiting and we had already organized all these, you know, trips that was up north at that time. Um, but we had to get busy because, you know, the clock was ticking and we had specific... We were told five days. We had specific day, number of days and times that we had to, you know, try. <laughs> and we were in the middle of, you know, this family sharing trip. Accommodation with with sharing accommodation with my family. And then one of the places we stopped, which I'm convinced is where I felt pregnant. Um, we, we, we kind of did the reservations all online. So we didn't really get to see the place until we got there. And one of them 
um the the main bedroom which was the you know the um the the, the, queen, queen, the queen the queen size yeah bed, yeah um was actually in the living room and then there was a separate a room with I don't know a bunch of five beds. a whole bunch of single beds but the bathroom was also always also in um that our bedroom yeah, slash bathroom slash um, living dining, living, dining everything. So we were there in the middle. Like we had a bed literally in the middle of the living room. And then these guys had um, uh, their bedroom. But, yeah, if anything that they needed, they needed to go to. So to be able to, you know, try on that day, we had to kind of kick everyone out. <laughs> My dad sometimes doesn't get... Didn't um, clue into that. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, I want to stay. Like, Dad, you've got to go. <laughs> you, you really got to go. Anyway, yeah. So. The pressure I was under to perform. Yeah, everyone was very impressed with your performance of, you know, getting that baby in my tummy in the very stressful, uh, high-pressure time. So good on you, hun. Good job. Good job. So then we've got Sammy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how do you feel, what do you think you bring from the way you were raised? So j- just to be clear, um, we are just talking a little bit about, you know, the way, fa- you know, the family's ki- dynamics can be in different cultures. So we, we did talk a little bit about um, the Brazilian way, uh, which is not to say is the best obviously we are used to it because we lived in it I, I do find i've got a lot of australian friends very close families in uh, on your face usually they come from an italian background <laughs> um and then maybe with the british they're a little bit more reserved i guess and that's yeah, where your natu- family comes from so naturally reserved. a little bit more reserved yeah. um and so then do, do you think you what what did you bring to our kids that you know were these sort of English sort of back? Good ground? question. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Um, I'll give you I'll give you some time to think, no, and I'll tell you. No. <laughs> so um, I think from from our side was there like the sense of families, you know, everything, and we're gonna be at each other's face, and we're gonna be there for you know thick and thin. And we're really going to show when we're not happy, you're going to know about it. And when we're very happy, you're also going to know about it. And there's always family around. Family is very important. So mom is always here and the kids know how important mom is and how important it is to they sometimes rather be with her than with us. Um, yeah, and I think I also saw that change in you. I see even with your your family, so your brothers and sisters, especially your brothers and sisters, um, I see a difference in you after you lived in Brazil or how above and beyond you go for those guys. Um, you don't expect anything back. They're younger, so maybe well, most of them are younger. So, you know, there's a little bit less maturity to rec- sometimes recognize how much you do but you do it, no questions asked. And that's something that I feel like it really changed on you. You know, you, you do it with our kids, you know, you go above and beyond and you sacrifice so much for us. But yeah, I see you doing that, giving that back to your family. Um, 
yeah, so I definitely think you bring that into the plate of, you know, our big family, our extended family. But I want to know what, um, yeah, what um, did you bring from your British background to our family? Good Pavlovas, but I think that's that's more of an Aussie thing. You do the best Pavlovas ever. Do you want to keep talking some more so I can get uh, <laughs> uh, Look, the one thing that popped in my head, and I don't know if it's actually... Oh, can I tell you something else? Yeah, okay. The love of our uh, kids, especially Sam, for rock and roll and for... Uh, I, I even forgot the name now. What's the name? Don't look at me like that. Lincoln Park? No, hon. The English guy that your dad loves. Oh, my goodness. Why do you not remember that? Status Quo. Thank you. And the the, Sam will sing all Status Quo uh, songs, or most of them. I think your dad's very proud of that. So am I. (laughs) So am I. Um, Look, I don't... Okay, music can be one thing. Music can be one thing that I brought. I think I have a good taste in music. Maybe Apart from Lincoln Park. Lincoln, Sam loves Sam Lincoln Park. I'll just point that out. Um, I know the one thing that popped in my head when you said that, and I don't know if it's the right um, sense that we should be talking about, uh, a sense of manners. Um, yes. It's, the British have a very firm sense of manners and how you should talk. And I, feel, I, I wouldn't say I'm the authority in that with our kids, but um, it feels very – I think it was just the way I was brought up with my mum – always reminding me when to say thank you and please yeah. and all these sorts of things. I noticed things. that when I um, first... So I first met your sisters, your mum's daughters. Um, so Jess, I think, was four and yeah. Tegan were probably... And I couldn't believe how polite they were. Everything was, excuse me. And they were like... I have never seen them um, shouting or, you know... It was always, excuse me, pardon me... And I th- and I noticed that and I was like, I'm definitely raising my kids to have that kind of, um, mm. you know. And it's amazing. Um, and how- and, and uh, mom actually mentions that the kids here are so polite <laughs> when we go to Brazil. It's just like nowadays when we go to Brazil, <laughs> we see it. <laughs> yeah, now we've noticed. Um, you, you, they just can be a little bit rowdier, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but look, I. It's funny how when we had when you have kids and these things that I guess your parents said to you or uh, drive into you and just become second nature that you don't realize. Uh, and as soon as you have your own kid and you want to, I don't know, tell them off or uh, remind them to be polite, it just blurts out of your mouth like you haven't thought about it. So, you know, even now, our kids are very polite when they want to be. Um, but they... They naturally will say thank you and please and, and excuse, excuse me. me. Yeah, and I think we've just yeah. I definitely we definitely got that back from and also the politeness in general. I do have a Brazilian friend um, that also lives here in Australia and he loves Australia. And he mentioned that here, you know, it doesn't matter if you are the cleaner or the waitress, or the lawyer, or the doctor, everyone's going to look in your eyes and say thank you and say please and yeah. treat you as equals. Whilst, unfortunately, uh, back home, um, a lot of... I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of people... And I and I include myself in that. I've only really woken up to, to that once I came to here. 
it's it's not a match to look at someone in eye uh, and say, excuse me, could I please have a glass of water? Yeah. Could you please clean this for me? Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I appreciate. Very... And this is something that I think it's amazing here. Everyone uh, is treated equally, I th- I feel like. Yeah, and this is something that I learn and I, I want my kids to learn too. Um, we'll talk about that at another stage. But, you know, when I wrote that book for Sammy, it was about that. It was about knowing that, you know, everyone's equal. We can be different, but we all have the same value. That's amazing stuff. It's funny how powerful a word like thank you and please can be yeah. sometimes. Unfortunately, uh, class and status in a country like Brazil is um, still a big factor. Yeah. Uh, I know that whenever I go there, um, I know I, I do see and notice that how people treat people like that, unfortunately, sometimes. And I like to, I hope, that I go out of my way to make sure I tell those people thank you and please yeah. exactly the way that it should be. Yeah. Um. And I hope that that person realizes that mm-hmm. it's genuine. So. Yeah. But, yeah. And um, let's start finishing off because we can go for hours and hours, couldn't we? We certainly can. We need to go to bed. The kids finally went to bed, so we need to go to sleep too. Yeah. Because um, they'll be up at five. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I want to touch in a little bit more about um, this this diversity of culture that we have in our household and how that affected you outside our house. So, you know, with your colleagues at work, with your friends, did you ever have like a reaction or negative reaction um, by anyone when you were younger maybe and someone was a little bit less mature or these days about, oh, you know, my wife is an immigrant and all my kids, um, you know, have two two passports. You know, they have the dual citizens. They speak two languages. Yeah, okay. Um, did you ever get anything from anyone with a funny comment? No, or... I've I got to admit, I probably haven't necessarily. There's never been anything about the kids. Um, the fact that they have two passports or uh, two nationalities and they speak two languages. Um, it's always been seen very positively. Mm-hmm. Um I am aware of some people that I know uh, who are not a big fan of immigration and things like that, but they've never said anything to me uh, about yourself or anything like that. Um, Let's be honest. Most of the time when I have a conversation, I tell them people that my wife is Brazilian. It's never a negative reaction (laughs) that I get from them. Necessarily very good if you make it that comment with no, that. No, it's obviously smile. Some, no, it's obviously some people have a stereotype. I exactly. Don't have, a stereotype. have you got this? Have you ever get got an actual direct answer with that kind of stereotype, or not really? Uh, oh, Brazilian. That's normally the reaction. Was it? Yeah. Is it offensive at all to you? No, I but, can find it a little bit offensive no, sometimes, no. depending on tone. It can be a little bit offen- no, offensive to me. I, I, and I understand that. I, I think normally when, let's say if I'm by myself um, and somebody says that, uh, it, it's, a, it's a sense of pride uh, Yeah, because I have such an amazing wife. Um, if I'm standing next to but you... But me being amazing... It's not because, um, you know, I'm Brazilian. No, but this so is, this sometimes is a stereotype. It is a stereotype. Me. No, and I understand that. And so uh, 
but I, I don't necessarily see it. It's not in the forefront of my mind. Most most people being surprised and being happy. Yeah. It, it's a uh, it's a positive, and I feel and it boosts me up. Yeah. I feel good about myself, I guess. But no, I've never had a negative um, necessarily around that outside uh, in terms of uh, our, the way our family yeah. our family is. Uh, something that the the whole uh, multinational uh, uh, culture that we mm-hmm. have. Uh, one thing that usually sings out to me is our, our celebration of, of Christmas. Yeah. And the way that we have uh, uh, mixed and matched both our versions of Christmas mm-hmm. into what we now celebrate as our own Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and and we very much every year we very much have our we we stick to it. And yeah. I, and I like how we do stick to these things because we're generating this uh, regular. Uh, thing there's mm-hmm. a correct word for this and I'm that I'm not with it tradition that's mm-hmm. the word uh, for our children mm-hmm. and um, I want them to you know enjoy this and love yeah. this and I want them to have parts of both sides both. of it because you, know? you didn't want to because for us it was always um, Christmas was Christmas Eve you would you know have the big dinner on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. open up presents and you didn't want and that was normal for me but you didn't want to give up the kids opening up presents Christmas morning because that's mm. what you always did that's right so then we uh, both compromised and you know Christmas Eve we, the kids will open the presents mommy and daddy gave mm-hmm. and then Christmas morning is the present center left under that's the tree. Right, yeah. Eventually, that's going to have to change when they find out. The yeah, we are both looking at the truth. door now to make sure that they haven't heard the word about Santa. Uh, no, we just heard a little noise. But no, it, so obviously, whoever celebrates with us on Christmas Eve, they're there. We share uh, our presents, Santa's presents in the morning, and then Christmas Day is uh, we usually see some family and things like that. Um, but yeah, we've made this our own thing and we have our regular dinners and, uh, we'd always try to see my mum and my dad and, mm-hmm. um, all the extended family. Uh, but this is, we've naturally come to this and, and it's like any, any marriage, it's a thing of compromise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, we've come to it. Obviously you have the things that you valued from your history, things that I valued and it's about, you need to understand that. And I have a Obviously, I have a strong benefit here that I've lived in Brazil and I've experienced mm-hmm. Christmases and I've experienced your family uh, so much that I guess if I was somebody that hadn't travelled and I hadn't seen that, I would only have seen one half of the story and it would be very difficult to compromise in that sense. So I guess that travel and my history yeah. is obviously More than that, and, and I mean, we were only talking about Christmas, but... Um... Even the way we raise our kids, I do like I, I do have every now and then we get this comment. So, you know, a little bit of a comment was like, "Oh, you did that to yourself." So the way we kind of decided to to deal with our kids and with their needs was very, always very um, in touch to our instincts, very instinctive. Yeah. Not by the book. We were never by the book parents. Where you know, oh, they need to sleep. You know, they need to cry to their sleep, otherwise they will be sleeping in your bed until they are, I don't know how age. Mm-hmm. We never did that kind of thing. It was always very instinctive. And you always followed my clues of my mother instincts, which, you know, obviously the way I was raised and, you know, we talked about, you know, 
the way we show our emotions. So if the if a kid comes, starts crying, you know, since they were little babies and up to today, I'm gonna pick them up. And if I feel like they need it, the comfort, I'm gonna take them to my bed. I needed, I had that anxiety when I was was a child. I used to have nightmares and um, dream that my brother and my mom left me and then I would run to mom's bed and mm-hmm. there was the comfort of finding her in her bed. Yeah. So if my kids, for any reason, wake up and want to lay down with me, I'm going to be a wreck the next day, but I will give them the cuddle that I feel like they need. Yep. So it's about that with sleep and other things. And we do get a little bit of knocky comments every now and then from our family and I probably brought more from our family here. I'm just like, well, you know, you did that to yourself. You let them come into your room. Um, So that's a very cultural thing, I think. And, you know, back home, you know, this... um, We, I think we are very instinctive. I don't know these days. I mean, I've... I haven't experienced raising a child over there, but from what I was raised, um, that's what it is. And I, I found it in here... Um, once I started meeting other moms, we were the first ones from our friend circle to have kids. So, um, I started meeting other moms once I actually had my kids. And then these moms all had like everything by the book. They read all of them. They knew, you know, who was, you know, the good, uh, sleeper, uh, specialist and the feeder and, you know, and I did all by instinct. And a lot of times I felt the eyes looking at me going, Ooh. She's going to, well, you know, we had several struggle. T- we tried, um, you go through the paces, you go through trying to get kids to sleep in their beds and, uh, I don't know, just, just different facets of raising kids. There's small different changes that you go through. And I remember particularly with Sam that we tried to, uh, I think it was him sleeping by himself. We had to stay in the room with him, yeah. um, touch his tummy or lie next to him and things like that. And by the book, you know, that's not necessarily kosher. Yeah. Uh, we tried by the book and every time we tried to make a change by what we, we would, read... Yeah, we would hear would, something or someone would say something, like okay, okay, let's try and see if that works better. We just couldn't do it, could we? It no, just, no, it just no, wasn't it right matter. for our son. He doesn't like books, apparently. He <laughs> does now. But no, he just didn't like the... He was never... Yeah, no, he was so never... We, we could never follow had, the rules with we him. We always had best results following our instincts. Our instincts yeah. um, as recently as a couple of months ago, a work colleague of mine who has uh, a kids similar, we were talking about, um, sorry, similar age, we were talking about kids and things like that, and I, and I would say, oh, I had a bad night because the kids were sick and they were in the bed with us. And he says, mate, kids just in my bed, no go zone, we don't <laughs> do it. And that just felt foreign to me. Yeah. It, it's just weird. Um it, it, a day doesn't go by when, when at least one of our kids isn't in our bed in the morning, if not both. And we would have, you know, feet in our backs and, and whatnot. But, you know, I would not give up those mornings for anything in the world yeah. because I love waking up in the bed. Yeah. And all four of us are there, even if they're climbing under the blankets yeah. and being little turds. I still love waking up. I still yeah. love that mess of hair in my face that is Olivia. <laughs> um it's just different feelings. Yeah. And I think this is what I want to do. That's why this podcast exists is um, we need to stop, you know, judging a little bit and listening to, you know, other people's why they're doing that. So 
And I, I actually, you know, all I wanted to say, I, and it, it's basically, but you don't know why I'm doing this. The reason I'm doing this is because um, what I just explained to you, I had experiences when I was yeah. a child and I will not let a, ch- a child of my, a kid of mine, um, wake up and feel like they want their mama or their daddy and need a cuddle that I'm not going to do this because they should be in their bed. So basically this is why I'm doing this. I just want people to be more understanding to each other's story. And then instead of, you know, giving, uh, advice, maybe, okay, you know, let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. And let's support this. And, and that's what it is. We need to support each other. Like, you know, this is what, uh, this podcast is called. It takes a village. Let's support each other. So, you know, we can all raise our children well. And look, everybody has a different way. Um, I've learned that. And as we have, you know, we've got good friends with kids. Uh, you know, we see that they have different ways of, of raising their kids, but I can't look at any of those kids that, um, we're friend and we have you know family friends with and things like that and say that they're bad kids or they're not great they they're loved. everyone has a different challenge exactly. so our challenge was always our kids wake up at five o'clock in the morning and run to yeah. our bed um we had early earlier when you know the kids were younger it was different challenges but you know everyone's goes through some sort of struggle it doesn't necessarily mean it's the same that our, we are getting but yeah, they the do not the same it's not the same, no. So yeah. So just to finish, I've got two th- other things, and then we'll we'll go to bed, okay? Okay, because the wine's starting to get to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want you to tell me, and I actually I should have prepped better. I did not think of one for myself. Mm. Um, what would you say it's your worst parenting fail? Ah. Uh, well, I have to admit it's on the microphone. Um, there was... Uh, I know I have failed probably a few times. Um, <laughs> haven't we all? Haven't we all? We've all made mistakes. We've all uh, said naughty words in front of our kids or... I don't know. I probably tend to play a song that may have a swear word in it or something like that. Um, there's, okay, there's two things that pop into my head. Okay, mm. and, I'll try, and I'll try not to... to delve on them too much um one probably more physical than the other as a father i am prone to making silly mistakes with the kids it's just something that happens um one mistake that i made was probably as a joke teaching our son uh at a very young age he was not even one uh, as a joke how to swipe open the iphones (laughs) um so him learning that swipe action and that probably started a chain reaction of him wanting to play on the phones all the time and things like that. So, And I remember you reminding me of that fact as soon as I taught him that yeah. as a joke. Um, but that's not that bad. No, look, I do recall, and it sticks in my head, um, very early days. I must have been with Sam by myself for the, for the days. You know, you, you make mistakes with nappies and clothes and, and all these sorts of things. You don't clean them properly. I don't know. Different things. But I remember sitting with him on the couch. He, he was sitting in my arm. He must have been like two months old. And I dropped something off the couch. Uh, so I leant over to uh, 
pick up whatever it was on the floor. And yet again, he was only about two months <laughs> old. But I do remember obviously not holding him properly and he did slide slightly out of my arms and fell down and bonked his head on the floor. And so, you know, I don't know if... I don't know if I don't that, think I, you've I, ever told me yeah, that. Yeah, well, Sorry. I couldn't say that I'm proud. <laughs> um, and I might have kept it a quiet view <laughs> to say that I dropped our son on his head. Um, but yeah, look, it was... He's fine. He doesn't have any issues, obviously. Uh, yeah, look, it was obviously early days. And you, when you're an early parent, an early dad, you still learn these things. And you, so you're worried about how you hold the baby. And remember changing nappies, you're worried about how you hold things and wipe things and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a big fall, mind you. <laughs> Please don't harass me about these people. Um, I'll remind you every single but day. But, yeah, he, he fell down a little bit. He bonked his head and he was a bit upset. Um, yeah, guilt factor you to just, the um, When you were talking about the iPhone one, you just reminded me of what I consider your biggest fail. Can I oh, tell everyone? Okay. Um, so, obviously, you didn't learn from that action with the iPhone. That our son is quite attentive and he will just quietly pay attention to what you're doing and then he will learn from that. And it was a day that we had... So, we have in the house the, the door locks one of those that you can actually just with the key or something unlock it from outside and i don't know why one of our doors the bathroom door was locked um and you just got a little key and kind of opened oh, one, from, of the, one of the window keys yeah yeah and opened from outside and he saw it and since this day i cannot go to the toilet by myself <laughs> well, i wouldn't call that my biggest fail because it doesn't affect me <laughs> mind you he did do that the other day to me for the first time. And it was the biggest shock in the world for me <laughs> for him <laughs> yeah. to just walk in. And he had the biggest smile, like, surprise. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Sam. Well, thanks, Dad. Okay, so to finish it off, can you tell me your favourite parenting quote? Okay, so I don't think that I necessarily have a parenting quote. I don't necessarily have quotes that I live by, but something that we touched on before is that I like music. I like old music. And there's something that I quite like as a quote, and it's from a man named Louis Armstrong. Do you know who Louis Armstrong is? Yes. Yes, you do? Okay. So I wasn't sure. I was just trying to test you. <laughs> um, so I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Very nice, that, huh? It kind of touches me just because um, with our kids, with the way they are, I watch them and they absorb everything so quickly. Um, Sam is a, he just learns, he's so smart. And it's just evident that they're going to be so much more smarter than we are. They are little sponges, they are great little people. And every time you get to hear them laugh, every time you get that uncontrollable laughter, every time you get to hear them talk about things and learn things, it is truly amazing. And that's the one thing that I love. And it really does make it. A wonderful world. Very nice. I like that. I enjoyed this. Me too. Thank you. Please have me back. We'll see. What can I we'll can talk can about? We'll see if you can make space. All right, honey. Being cool, dads. Thank you. Yeah. I love you. Love you too. Thanks, guys.